Welcome to Rise Up For You, a podcast focused on helping women get to the next step in life professionally and personally. Through our six pillars, relationships, investing, self-worth, career, love, and health, we focus on the whole woman. With interviews from global experts, teachers, authors, and more, we provide you with real strategy and tips that you can start implementing today in your career, relationships, and so much more. We are all about educating and empowering you to become your best self. And now your host, Natalina. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. This is Natalina, your host, calling and joining from Lebanon here in the Middle East. Such an honor to be here speaking with you guys. Today, we're going to be jumping into a great episode with Jenny Burke. In a culture that's obsessed with food and the ideal body image, Jenny's going to be talking with us today about how to experience body love, pleasure with food again, greater self-esteem, and total acceptance to the self. Her work focuses on healing what we often think of as body shaming and really building the wisdom when it comes to intuitive eating and enjoying food and our health. This is definitely an episode that you do not want to miss and one that you definitely want to share with your friends and family. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Jenny, it's such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us on the Rise Up For You podcast. We always like to start off the episode by letting the... We always like to start off the episode by letting the audience get to know our guest. So go ahead and tell us about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. I love what you're about, what you're doing, and I'm thrilled to be part of it. Um, So my name is Jenny Eden Burke, and I'm a certified eating ecology coach. I'm also a body image mentor, a best-selling author, and motivational speaker. And I've been in my own practice for about three years now, but prior to that, I was a health educator, national health and weight management company for 13 years. And I'm really passionate about helping women in particular, but also men and teenagers um, heal their relationship with food and with their bodies and to have people feel really comfortable in their skin so that they can do the amazing things uh, that they're meant to do in this world. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit, Jenny, about how you got into this field, because it's always important for us to understand the journey, I think, you know, as to where and how our expert got there. So I'd love to hear just a little bit more about how, um, you know, I guess what sparked the interest and really got you passionate about this, this field of health. Yeah, so it starts early on, you know, I, I grew up in a culture where dieting was really prevalent. I got really swept up in the trends of dieting in the 80s and 90s, especially where I, where I was from. Um, it was almost like a rite of passage to start your first diet. And my mom was a chef. Um, she happens to be very petite and tiny. Um, and so I got a lot of mixed messages growing up about food because uh, on the one hand, I came home to the most amazing after-school snacks. But on the other hand, I also got the message a little bit more tacitly that, you know, you should love food, but you got to be careful. You shouldn't eat too much because you might get heavy, you might have to diet, et cetera, et cetera. And I was always somebody who just naturally was not thin and it was, I, I had always been a struggle for me. Um, I kind of spent most of my 20s and 30s fighting, honestly, because I felt that um, the key to happiness, at least this was what was indoctrinated into me, was to be in a smaller body. That's where success was. That's where love was. That's where admiration was. So I bent over backwards, bullied my body for years 
um, trying to conform and to comport my body into a size and shape it really just didn't want to be naturally. And it wasn't um, until I took my certification program from eating psychology that I realized how detrimental this was to my psyche and my body as well. Um, I had worked in weight loss for 13 years, helping people lose weight. And I was struggling tooth and nail myself. And I felt often like there was a big spotlight on me, like, well, you know, how, you know, I had pregnancies there and people were watching me gain weight and then watching me struggle to lose it. And um, I noticed that the people I was working with, they were losing weight, but they weren't, we weren't getting to the root cause of why people felt the need to overeat or to binge eat, stress eat, et cetera, um, and why so many people loathe their bodies. So for me, I felt really called to learn more about the root cause of and the psychology behind why people have disordered eating and why people struggle with body image. And so that really led me on the path that I'm on now, where after graduating, I shifted my focus entirely and really help women now to love and accept their bodies, to learn and marvel about what your body can do and how to build in being empowerment and mindful and intuitive eating. I think this is such an important topic because, I mean, as you know, you're the expert, but I would say that I don't know one woman who doesn't suffer from some kind of um, disorder in regards to food and nutrition. Not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical. It could be a mental. It could be, you know, emotional abuse when it comes to food. I think sometimes we think that it's, um, you know, different types of health disorders or eating disorders such as anorexia, bulimia, but oftentimes it could just be, you know, mental, um, the mental talk in regards to food and how you think of it and, and body shame and all of those things. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, you know, I guess, you know, what is the main issue? Do, is it, do you think it's media right now? What's the main issue today that you think is getting in the way of, of how we see ourselves in our body? I know for me, I think that a lot of it has to do with the media. And I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I definitely do. And in my, in my book, I talk a lot about the social component because, look, we're always comparing ourselves to other people. But now there's just different forums where we can do that even more obsessively, right? With Through Instagram and through Fitspiration and every, you know, everybody you see online. And if your body looks different than what you see in media, what you see on TV, what you even see on social media, you believe, you start to believe that something is wrong with you and that you have to complete these arbitrary rules and regulations about how to eat and how to move your body in a way that might be completely antithetical to how your body wants to move naturally or how you want to eat naturally. And I find that it really strips people of their own intuitive power and wisdom on how to nourish their bodies naturally and really how to tap into embodiment and actually learning how our bodies feel good. Because if we're, if we believe that the only way to feel good is if we have to you know, sacrifice and, and deprive ourselves and exercise and over-exercise to the point where we're miserable, then really, is it, is, it a, is it a victory or is it a pyrrhic victory? And I find that the media definitely plays a big role in that, but it also starts earlier. It starts in your own um, family and you know, your, your family's idea of what a body should look like. And, you know, oftentimes young children, especially daughters, look to their moms to decide what's you know what's the right way to eat what's the right way to look and if a mom if the mom or parent um is constantly criticizing themselves constantly on a diet and constantly you know maybe look, looking at other people's appearance and making comments and um a lot of girls 
kind of internalize that and that becomes part of their psyche, part of their identity. Um, so I think it really starts early in making sure that we're educating parents on how to foster self-esteem, foster self-love and acceptance, and also to understand that, they, that there's body diversity and that there is no one right way to have a body or to look a certain way and that people come in all shapes and sizes and colors and abilities and that that's okay. So I think that's a big part of it too. So where do we, um, you know, I guess, where do we start to begin with? How do we start within ourselves so that we can also pass this down to, you know, young girls and young boys so that they have, you know, a, a more positive image of themselves in regards to their body and food, but where do we even start? So for somebody that's having these issues or that's struggling a bit, um, where does the process begin? The process begins in my mind, um, agreeing to be in your body. So a lot of us, because our bodies don't feel the way we want them to, they don't look the way we want them to. In some ways we sort of check out and dissociate from our bodies. We don't fully drop in to, we don't fully agree to be here and in our bodies because we have shame or we have guilt, we have disappointment or we're uncomfortable. And I think a lot of the first sort of seeds of healing starts by agreeing to be in this beautiful vessel you have, not because of what it looks like, but how it can feel. And, and I'm not talking about just pleasure, but also recognizing that human beings have a whole spectrum of feelings and emotions and sensations that we can experience and that all of it is okay. You know, like I think a lot of times if we feel any discomfort or any pain or anything kind of bad in any way, we just don't agree to be like, I will only be in my body if I fit into these pants or if I weigh a certain amount or if I look a certain way. And I think that's really detrimental to people because look, your body's not always going to comply with what your brain wants, you know, like, and so I find that the first thing that people need to do is to sit with being embodied. And, and it can start with a body scan every morning where you're like taking time to show gratitude to your body. You know, like for a long time, I had, I really struggled with my stomach because um, while I, I had, um, you know, waking, it would often show up in my hips and in my bum, but I always had a slim stomach. And so when, after I had three daughters, um, my stomach had changed, you know, obviously. And I, and I had so much pain, emotional pain, about the changes that it went through that I really didn't accept it. And it wasn't until I sort of shifted my thinking and my perspective and agreed, you know, this is who I am now. This is what my body is. And I'm going to actually show, I'm going to slip into the frequency of gratitude because holy cow, like this belly, this belly grew three beautiful children. I'm so grateful. I'm so marveling in that, in the ability that a woman has to bear children, right? Or I used to criticize my arms. Maybe they were too flabby. Maybe they didn't have enough muscle tone or whatever it is. And now I see my arms as like, a powerhouse. Like I get to hold my children with these arms. I get to carry groceries with these arms and hands. You know what I mean? There's a purpose to every single part of our bodies. And oftentimes we're overlooking the purpose um, in lieu of having it look a certain way. And I think that's what's really lacking in is the gratitude and marveling in the human body. Mm. And so you said one of the ways that we can do that is really just by practicing gratitude. I think, well, gratitude, of course, but also body scan uh, is very helpful. So like first thing in the morning, you can just lie there, don't get up yet and sort of do like a scan of each of your body parts, like maybe start with your 
forehead, you know, move across your face, your arms, your legs, your stomach. Just, you know, notice what feels uncomfortable. Notice what what feels good. And, you know, take time to say thank you, arms, for giving me the ability to hold, wellness, you know, warrior one for however long. Or thank you, thank you, belly, for letting me carry three children. Or, you know, and and taking the time to really sit with whatever comes up, good or bad, and noticing that it's okay, that you actually can overcome bad feelings and that, you know, oftentimes the feelings that we're having have a beginning, middle and end. But when we're feeling uncomfortable or or pain or we're, you know, mired in, in shame or guilt or up sort of emotions, it takes us away from being in our body and it drops us squarely in our heads where we can come up with all these ideas and perceptions and Sometimes these are true and sometimes they're faulty beliefs that that, that really don't serve us. You know what I mean? So like, it's really about mindfulness, gratitude, and understanding what the purpose of our physical beings, our our bodies are for. And when I was able to shift from that to, you know, from, from, from appearance to purpose, I felt so much happier because nothing was broken. I I'm okay the way that I am. This is who I am. I, I eat to nourish. I move to feel good. I, I used to only move to lose weight. That's the only reason I would exercise. And now I do it because it feels amazing to, in my skin. I found the right type of exercise that fits with my body mechanics and my lifestyle and my, the way that I, you know, my sentimentality, the way that I sort of like to move naturally and organically. Um, so I, I hope you would sort of see the shift the, the subtle shift there from doing eating or doing or moving or being simply because it's a means to an end versus doing something because there's an intrinsic motivation. There's an intrinsic um, value in it rather than trying to reach some arbitrary goal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that that is, that is the key. And and that is a really important touching point because um, you know, you're right. This, it's not sustainable, right? It's like, okay, I want to lose this much amount of weight. So I'm going to do binge dieting and I'm going to, you know, uh, go for, you know, seven days on a detox and then it's not sustainable because your why, I guess would be an appropriate word, isn't, um, isn't something that's long-term, right? It might just be, I want to lose weight so that I could fit in my my bikini or I want to lose weight so that I can get married. And then when all those things happen, they go away. I think opposed to thinking long-term in regards to, I want to eat healthy because I want to have energy to play with my kids, which I think is something that's a little bit more, um, more personal. It's more on a deeper level level. And again, something that is long-term. Exactly. I a hundred percent agree with you because what you're describing is sustainable lifestyle change as opposed to quick fix or desperation tactics. I must do this because of this goal, this outcome. But if you become detached from any particular outcome and instead you focus on the process, like you said, like, how does it feel? How does this food make my body feel? How does running feel? How does yoga feel? And you actually can start to trust your body and trust the cues that it gives you, um, as opposed to always outsourcing to other people. Um, I think there's a lot more joy in that and it's a lot more sustainable because if you have, uh, if you're always so goal oriented, once you reach that goal, there's sort of oftentimes no exit plan because it wasn't internally motivated from the start. And so like you're, what you just said about like wanting to play with your kids and wanting to live a long life or, um, you know, you just love the way, 
uh, a vegetarian lifestyle feels in your body, then that's, that's going to be sustainable because it's coming from this deeper place, like you said. So, so what I'm hearing from you, and I just want to clarify, because I think it's important to, you know, kind of heighten it is that everything is still important, like getting physical movement, watching the, you know, the nutrition or the dietary habits, uh, mental health, all of those are important, but it, instead of coming from, I guess, a, a more um, media outlook or a more, you know, I want to lose weight, so again, short term, we're looking at it for, for a more sustainable reason and really finding the balance. Yes, 100%. Like if it's coming from a place of either desperation or loathing or not good enoughness, it's not going to be sustainable because it's not coming from a place of like authenticity almost it's coming from a place of fear and those major changes need to come from a deep well of curiosity and inquiry and honestly self-love that's where it comes from um so that's the difference there but uh, you know and i agree with you i i think it's really important to move your body that's essential we're, we're meant to move um and to eat in a way that is you know fuels your body and gives you energy and gives you pleasure and all of it can be on the table. And, you know, a lot of times we ask a lot more of food than we, um, than we actually should because food is just food, right? We want it to be our best friend. We want it to be our entertainment. We want it to be our stress reliever, our comfort. And when you really look at food and what it's supposed to do for you, it's supposed to make you thrive, make you healthy, give you energy, and help you to do the things that you want to do in your life, really. Um, that doesn't mean you can't pleasure with it. You should. Um, but oftentimes we take it to the extreme where it becomes a surrogate, something else deeper that we're not getting in our lives. And that's really what I help uh, my clients with is helping to them, helping them to recalibrate their lives, balance their lives so that they're getting everything that they need, whether it's intimacy and connection or spirituality or high, you know, you know, intellectual pursuits passions and things like that so that they're leading a very balanced life and then food becomes what it's supposed to be which is nourishment mm, I love that Jenny thank you so much for joining us on this podcast I, I love the point of view that you're giving us and, and really making that mental shift I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview can you tell us one book that you've read that's had an impact on your life that you would recommend to us Oh, so many. That's such a hard question. Um, but there's this wonderful book that I read a couple years ago called um, The Gift of Our Compulsions. And it's interesting to me because this is a writer who had a um, chronically binged, uh, was a binge eater, obsessed about food, really, really criticized her compulsions of wanting to eat. And instead, she talks a lot about what I talk about now, which is like, what if you leaned into the compulsion? What if you became curious about it? What if you brought inquiry into it, understood where, why it's here and, and gave, gave it a voice as opposed to pushing it down, criticizing it, quieting it, pushing it aside. And what she found was that by listening to these compulsions and really giving it a space and a voice and almost personifying it, she was able to move it up and out and have it dissipate naturally as opposed to constantly be pushing it to the basement of our soul, almost, you know, so like almost like this shameful thing instead of recognizing that our compulsions are part of us. And if we bring inquiry into it, we can understand how to actually move through it. And what's one value that you've always stuck by throughout your journey? Loyalty. 
and I, feel, I feel like loyalty is very important um, in my friendships, in my relationships. Um, it's a value that I treasure um, both in myself and the people that I to meet. Uh, it's a quality that I look for in others. And if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget here at Rise It For You. What would that be? The golden nugget for me would be, you know, to my hope and my passion is to have women move from a place of doubt and mistrust and to really be able to accept and love their bodies to have and heal their relationship with food in a way so that they can give their gifts, their passions and gifts for a greater good. So contributing in a deeper way, loving in a deeper way. And if you release obsession with food, if you release shame and if you release all the guilt and disappointment and you tap into what you're capable of and your gifts, then contributing to the world is, is so much easier and it's, it's so much more beautiful and pure. And so that's what, what my golden nugget is. It's like, let's move from just focusing on our bodies and appearance to what we can actually contribute to this world. And as you know, we're Rise Up For You. That's the podcast name and that's the company. When you hear that phrase, Rise Up For You, what comes to mind? Well, there's a lot of things that come to mind. But what I really love about that, that phrase and that concept is like, you're rising up and you're elevating and you're becoming your best self. Not And yes, for you, but when you do it for yourself, it's almost like that analogy about the oxygen mask. You kind of give it to yourself and then you can serve others like your child or somebody else. But when you're rising up for yourself and you're letting yourself step into your true potential, then and only then can you really be able to give and help others and bring others along with you. Mm, I love that. Jenny, again, thank you so much for joining us today on the episode. Um, tell Tell us how we can stay in contact with you and support you and learn more about you. Great. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful chatting with you. And the best place to reach me and find me is my website, which is www.jennyedencoaching.com. And I also have a really amazing Facebook group. It's called Wellness Warriors, open to all. We talk a lot about body positivity and mindfulness and eating empowerment and just wellness in general. Wonderful. Again, thank you again, Jenny, for joining us. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and pass it on to your friends and family. You know, the podcast is just one way that we reach our community members. If you go to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you will see articles written from contributors from around the world, webinars, live events for you to attend. But, you know, we also have a huge online resource center full of information that you can access absolutely free. And you know, one of my favorite sections is the Unstoppable Confidence Toolbox that's full of practices and ways to help you build confidence so that you can overcome any doubt that's consistently getting in your way. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, there's PDFs, there's articles, there's exercises, there's so much for you to take hold of and really help you get to the next step. The cool thing is, is we have programs, trainings, and live coaching calls that are happening all year long, special for our members. So if you're looking for more and you really want to connect with like-minded women like yourself, then you definitely want to check out our membership and all of the benefits that we have to offer here at Rise Up For You. And lastly, if you haven't already, we would really love to hear from you and know how we're doing. Head over to iTunes, make sure you subscribe for the podcast if you haven't already, and let us know how we're doing. Rate us, review us, so that we can be better and rise up with you. 
It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow.